The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad. Pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger Basketball fans? We are back for another edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, columnist for the Commercial Appeal. I'm joined, as always, by Jason Munns our Tiger basketball beat writer. And Jason, we're going streaking this week. We're on a roll, baby. We last recorded a podcast seven days ago. And in those seven days, Memphis has reeled off three straight wins, probably its three best wins of the year, uh, when you take into account how they looked, how they played. or th- Certainly two of the three are their, best, are their two best wins of the year. Um, but they beat Memphis beats Wichita State at FedEx Forum um, on January 21st. Then uh, over the weekend, comes back on Sunday, wins at ECU convincingly. And, and then last night uh, on Tuesday, we're recording this on Wednesday, uh, they beat SMU at home, hold them off in the second half, a enter- very entertaining game, 76-72. Uh, so suddenly the Tigers are on a three-game winning streak. They're nine and five. They're alone in second place in the AAC standings. They're Kent, they're now top 60 in Ken Palm again at number 59. They're top 70 in the net. They've moved up to 68. Uh, so and they've, you know, they've they've in a in a matter of seven days, Jason, have transformed the narrative around this season. And, you know, I'm not going to say they're, they're bubble NCAA tournament bubble mix, but they're certainly working their way towards putting themselves back in the conversation. And it's pretty remarkable uh, how much the discussion has changed in just, in just a week span. Let me ask you this, as uh, this, this hit me as we were, as we just, as you were going there, um, three wins, in a row, two of them against top 80 uh, Ken Palm teams. Is this the best three-game stretch of the Penny Hardaway era? Oh, I don't know. I mean, they want that. I, I still think the high point is think that about it. streak last think about year. It. It's the winning streak last year when they beat Tennessee to cap it off. Like, I, it might be. Maybe, but, you know, just because beating, you know, beating Wichita State and beating SMU, those are both teams you're competing with at the top of the league. And you and you did you did it in both ways were were pretty impressive against Wichita State, where you just overwhelm them with a fantastic second half. You overwhelm a team that had been playing well with a fantastic second half. That was really impressive. And then SMU game where you dig yourself out of a 13-point deficit in the first half, and then you win this back-and-forth game where SMU, you know, you answered every SMU charge. Uh, that that was also – so I guess you could argue it in that regard, but I still think the high points at this point of the Penny Hardaway era remains that long winning streak last year, uh, especially when you thought Wiseman was going to come back. You know, remember they beat Tennessee and 
they beat Tennessee on the road at the time, a ranked Tennessee team on the road. And like at that point, at that moment in time, if you told me that team was going to the final four, I would have been like, I could see it, you know, like that's how good we felt about where they were. And that's, you know, obviously that last season kind of de- got derailed a bit uh, <laughs> as it went on, starting with Wiseman leaving, but going back to, to what's going on right now, um, I, I figured let's, 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 do it like this, Jason. What what have been in your mind, and we'll go back and forth here. What 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 are the biggest factors in what's changed for the Tigers over the last three games? And again, the the thing I've found most impressive is they've done it three different ways, um, while also maintaining a certain sense of continuity uh, with what they're doing. You know, like what they're doing feels sustainable for the most part maybe maybe the you know but i'm curious if if we could go through like the top five or seven factors or something like and it could be a player it could be a part of the game a facet of the game it could be a co you know coaching decision whatever what what would you say are the biggest factors in what's changed about this memphis basketball team these past three games so you give me so you want to go tip for tip yeah, you give me one, and I'll give you another one. All right, let's go with uh, – I'll start with three-point shooting. Um, what were they, 10 of – here, let me pull up the stats real quick. They were 10 of – 10 of something. 10 of 21 last yeah. night uh, from three um, against Wichita State. They were 11 of 18. I think they were like 11 of 20 or 11, 11 of 21. 25 against, uh, against DC. Yeah. So 30, they've hit, they've hit, they've hit double digit threes in, in all three games. Is that right? Yeah. 32, 32, three pointers in the last three games. I mean, that's, that's an obvious choice, but that is so drastically different and, and drastically improved from what had gone on the previous uh, 10 games or uh, 11 games before that, that that's, that's an easy answer. No. And Landers is really shooting the ball. Well, now we're starting to see that, you know, the, the shooter Penny talked about in the off season, he's really showing up now. Uh, You you know, you almost, when he let that, it's such a smooth, quick release he's got. And these last three games, when the ball leaves his hand, even every shot hasn't gone in, but you felt like it's going to go in uh, mm-hmm. when he lets go of the ball. DJ has shot the ball increasingly well. Um, even Boogie isn't. If you look at his percentage, isn't shooting the ball uh, poorly at all. Um, and then you know, in the SMU game, DeAndre Williams hits two huge threes in the in the SMU game. So. Uh, and, it's, and Lester's shooting the ball better. It feels like he's taking better. They're getting better three-point shots. I said, you know, that, that's what's that's what's really stood out. They're getting uh, they're getting rhythm three-point shots more often. It's not as many forced three-pointers or three-pointers where they're off the dribble. It's it's coming within the flow of the offense from like driving kicks and things like that more often yeah they got six six guys now who are shooting 35 percent or better from three okay so i think three-point shooting is a good one i think i think for me a huge factor is musa cise uh, i think we've seen a train these last three games we've seen the five-star recruit uh he's been 
he's had dominating stretches down low. Uh, he's, you know, he's rebounding. He, he's had two – in these three games, he's got two double-doubles and a 15.9 rebound game against DCU. Um, and he's blocking shots. He had four blocks last night against SMU. I mean, I thought, you know, that they go down 13 points in the first half against SMU there. And it was, I thought, Musa's energy and activity that got Memphis out of its malaise. Like Penny went to a zone, which was a tweak that that worked for a while there. It, it, it threw it threw off SMU because SMU was doing a nice job dealing with the traps that Penny had used really well against Wichita and ECU, trapping like pick and rolls and all that, the aggressive man-to-man. SMU was doing a good job moving the ball and and getting open looks off of that. That's why they were getting some of those open threes. Um, and Penny went zone and it worked, but also Musa just he he had a couple blocks, had a couple dunks, um, and we've seen they're using him in a different way. They're using him. He, he's it's it's a lot more. He's getting the ball moving towards the basket as he's close to the basket. Like he's not getting the ball outside of the paint very often. Uh, and he's not getting it with his back to the basket as often. Um, they're putting him in better positions to take advantage of what he's really good at right now, which is he's long, he's athletic. Uh, he's got, he's got decent hands, you know, he can. And so, and he's finishing at the rim. And it's added a, and his activity defensively and as a rebounder, it's added another dimension to the team. And I think it's been a huge, he's just been a, he's been a huge boost. And, and frankly, honestly, Malcolm Dandridge has played better during this stretch too. these three games. They're just getting a lot more from that five position. Uh, but it, it starts with Musa and obviously down the stretch in the SMU game last night, Penny made the decision not to play Musa the last nine minutes. And he explained it as he was, you know, he was worried about Musa's pick and roll coverage against SMU. And, and Penny had, you know, he had in mind uh, the, the USF game where the USF guard, even though Memphis won that game, that USF guard, I forget his name, kind of torched him in the pick and roll in the second half. And Penny wanted to avoid that. And it worked out. I mean, I believe over the last five minutes, SMU was two of 10 from the floor. So, uh, and I know some of that was, you know, miss some bunny, you know, they did miss, you know, Kendrick Davis one, he missed an easy layup that comes to mind in the last minute where you, you might've wanted Musa as a rim protector, but all in all uh, really encouraging stretch for Musa. And, you know, obviously he's still got room for improvement. You know, he can be a better defender in the pick and roll. He, he's his touch in terms of, in his, and, you know, his offensive game is still, you know, at this point he, you know, he's, he's a liability doing anything but dunking the ball for the most part. But even just that is when he's doing that well and he's rebounding the ball and he's blocking shots, he's a really valuable piece uh, to the puzzle. Yeah, one one quick thought on Musa. One play that stood out to me last night was during that stretch where Memphis went like on a 17-2 run in the first half. He had a really heads-up play. Kendrick Davis, it's like five and a half minutes left. Um, Memphis is down 11. Kendrick Davis is driving. He goes to uh, do almost like a teardrop alley-oop type thing. And 
Musa, instead of going for the block, he backs off mm-hmm. and like catches the ball as it's sort of like he, he comes up with a big steal. And I thought it was I thought it showed that his instincts are improving as well. Um, yeah, it's nice to see him getting better. He's clearly gotten better as the years gone on. And that's, you know, that that reflects well on him. It reflects well on the staff. It reflects well on the program. And, and, and frankly, it's reflecting well on the court. Like it's giving he's been a huge part of this winning streak. So I picked an easy one for my first one uh, as, mm-hmm. so, you know, a big reason why things are better. Uh, and so I said a three point shooting. I could do the same thing and say Alex Lomax, but I'll save that one. And I'll say that the, uh, something that's stood out in these last three games is just how balanced they've been. Um, they're getting significant contributions, even though guys aren't scoring, you know, there's there's not one or two or three guys who are scoring 15 to 20 points a game. You're getting really valuable contributions. You mentioned the DeAndre Williams three-pointers. He came into the game with two all season. He hit two huge three-pointers um, last night against SMU. Uh, Boogie Ellis, uh, even though he didn't have a bunch, like he didn't have many steals or anything last night, he was he was disruptive. He was being disruptive on defense. Um, Damian Baugh uh, has shot the ball better these last three games than 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 maybe he ever has. Um, uh, and I'll say, like Landers Nolly in the first eleven games of the season, he was almost he was very he was kind of one dimensional. Uh, he wasn't giving you a ton on defense. He wasn't being a distributor necessarily. He's been doing those things better. Uh, and you, you brought up Malcolm Dandridge. And, and so it's just been a much more – the cohesion is better. The chemistry is better. Uh, roles are becoming more defined. And you're getting contributions like Lester Quinones is is doing what glue guys do. And, and so it's just been a much more – um, team friendly vibe these last three games. Well, um, since you want to claim, you've already laid claim to Lomax. I'm going to give you him next. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna point to it's not something that's changed. It's actually the one constant for this team. But the defense, um, they're I mean they're just playing fantastic defense. I mean over these last three games, they. You, you had three different defenders primarily shut down three of the top five scores in the AAC against Wichita State. Lester Quinones uh, completely shut down Tyson Etienne, who entered that game as the league's leading scorer, but left it not as the league's leading scorer. Uh, then against ECU, you had DeAndre Williams really just take Jaden Gardner of ECU out of the game. Uh and then against uh, SMU last night, it's Lomax taking out Kendrick Davis, the leading scorer for SMU. Um, I haven't gone back and look at it. Jason, look up uh, what what uh, what uh, Etienne shot from the field. Because uh, I, I one of twelve. One of twelve. Yeah, one of twelve from the field, zero for five from three, and then last night Davis was four of fourteen, and against uh, and Gardner was four of twelve. So they've held they held those three guys to uh, 
Nine of 38 shooting the last three games. <laughs> what is that, under 25%? Way under. Um, or yes, under 25%. Uh, let's see exactly what it is. If I can get my calculator open. I don't do numbers. Sorry. We need help. 23.7% from the field. I was close. I'll take three it. Of, three of the top five scores in the AAC. So uh, the defense has just been – I mean, it's – it's they're elite again. They're one of the best defensive teams in the country yet again under Penny Hardaway. And it's – they're fourth in the country in defensive efficiency now. And it's just something that – you know, it, it gives you some margin for error offensively. Like, the offense has been better, but it's still not, you know, some juggernaut offense. It's just now we, we've said all along, because of this defense, all you needed to do was have, like, a decent offense and you can be a good team. And what we've seen is they've gone from bad to decent offensively with stretches of good offense. And that's, you know, when you play defense the way this program does, that's all you need offensively. Uh, You don't, so it's, uh, it's, it's a interesting, uh, interesting dynamic here at how, you know, it's a credit to Penny, frankly, that no matter what, he's always gotten these guys to play defense and, you know, you saw last night, you know, like Penny had answers for what SMU was doing to them defensively. Yes, SMU got over 70 points, but they they were also 10 points below their average. Um, and you, like I said, they went two of 10 over the last five minutes of the game. You stopped them when it mattered and uh, and you stopped their best player. So it's just uh, and, and we'll see, you know, it's why, you know, they play SMU again tomorrow night, you know, like it's tough to beat a team two games in a row, but they have a good shot because, you know, I, I just, you know, that defense travels, you know, that defense is something they can, they've always been able to call upon. And it's something that now that they're playing better offensively, I think we're going to notice it even more. We're going to notice them, you know, it's going to be even more noticeable how suffocating they can be defensively, uh, Memphis. So, um, I, you know, like I said, it's it's become a calling card of Penny's program. And uh, when they're winning, it stands out even more in my mind uh, that, they're, that they're so good defensively. Here's a nugget I dug up uh, late night as I was working on my uh, premium follow-up story for this morning over at commercialappeal.com. Kendrick Davis, between his freshman year at TCU and the last uh, year and a half uh, almost at SMU, has – he's taken care of the ball. He's been a very, very good point guard. He has never turned the ball over – in 74 career games, he had never turned the ball over more than five times in a single game. Last night, Alex Lomax, Damian Ball, and Lester Quinones got him to turn the ball over six times in a regulation game. That's that's pretty impressive. Uh, you know what I mean? Like that's that's mm-hmm. just further proof positive that that this defense 
is for real. Um, and, you know, they and they diversify. Guy. They're playing more. The past few games they've played, they they mix in zone every now, like every now and then. Like it's a, uh, it, it's it, I I feel like you can just sense it's just a hard defense to prepare for, even because they're so long. You know, they can play these lineups like they did at the end of the SMU game where they can switch everything. They're trapping, they're aggressive, they're forcing turnovers. And then, you know, we've seen over the last couple of games, for a few possessions, they can just mix in some zone to throw you off balance. Right. And so it's uh, it's an asset. And it's wish, you know, you, you – you, I don't know if you want to wish they had they started playing better offensively sooner. <laughs> I, I obviously you do, but you don't want to be. But I don't want to come off as ungrateful for what we've seen the last three games because it's been a lot of fun to watch uh, watch them click. Okay, so are you going to pick Lomax now as the next as our fifth reason why this is we got it? We got to do something on him. He's it feels yeah. like he's the heartbeat of this team for better or for worse. It's irrefutable but at this point that as Alex Lomax goes, so go the Tigers. Um, you know, he has he has sort of – I think he's turned a corner. Uh, we might not be ready yet to say that Memphis has turned a corner, mm-hmm. but uh, Alex Lomax has certainly turned a corner. Um, you know, he, he still just, has – he still has those moments. Like, he had, you know, he, uh, he started last night's game poorly – Against that, I mean, you had a bad double dribble there late uh, turnover. But yeah, no, he's he's playing better. That's for sure. And he's there's stretches where you know the stretches where he looks good. This team looks good. Um, yeah. And last and night played, he played well for long stretches. Last night, uh, you know, in between kind of the rocky finish and the rocky start, there was a real solid middle there where he, you know. His 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 tenaciousness as a defender, his his hustle, and then just his you know when he's playing well, he is a good distributor. Uh, yes. he, he is a point guard, and they don't have anyone else on the roster who has the point guard instincts that he does. Uh, it's just that sometimes you know his effectiveness uh, is can be limited. Unfortunately, his decision making can be can his decision making can vacillate you know it can be it's good it's really good in spurts and it's it can be really bad in spurts he made the you could make the case that he made the play of the game against smu uh and i wrote about that in in my story about his his um breakdown of that of that play uh with under two minutes to go kendrick davis tries to throw up a a sort of last 103, 103 left in the game. Yeah. One minute, three seconds left. Yeah. He tries to throw up a, a three pointer that would have tied the game at 73 um, and could have. It was after, it was after a jump. Remember, it was, there was a jump ball that I, I don't know if it was Lomax where someone for, they called a jump ball when it really should have been a block, up, uh, like a traveling, like a yeah, SMU right. guy. I think it was Davis rose up for a shot and someone got their hand on it. Well, I think it might have been Lomax too. And they called a jump ball, and it was SMU's ball. And they 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 came out of a timeout, and yet Kendrick Davis had the ball at the end of the shot clock. Yeah, well, he so he beats Alex off the dribble, but rather than give up on the play and allow uh, Kendrick Davis uh, uh, an open look at a at a, at a three, he kind of swats from behind, like he's he's legitimately behind Kendrick Davis, but he swats over the top of him. 
and it causes Kendrick Davis to like double clutch, to double pump. And that split second, and the most impressive thing to me is that if you believe what Alex Lomax was saying after the game, is that he kind of was thinking along those lines in the moment that if he could force any sort of hesitation on that shot, I mean, A, you want to block it. That's, that's goal number one. But it, even if you don't, if you could force some sort of split-second hesitation, it might mean the difference in the game. And, I, you know, who's to say he wasn't actually aware of that? Can, can we uh, talk about that? So it was a controversial reversal. So that shot goes in. Okay. Uh, Kendrick Davis hits the shot. And they initially called a three, and it was 73-7. DeAndre Williams had just hit a big three, the game, game, uh, or lead change go three, uh, go yeah. ahead three. And then Davis, it, uh, for, for, we, we counted it last night, 65 seconds was how long that review took, which isn't very long for a review. Uh, but during those 65 seconds, it looked like it was a tie game, 73-73. And they were looking at the replay of the play. And what I found interesting, Jason, I didn't realize this in the moment because we were in the arena, but apparently people watching on TV, they, they they never showed an angle on TV that looked like it should be reversed and not count. But I, correct me if I'm wrong here. When we in the arena on the Jumbotron, there appeared to be a slow-mo replay where it was it was, you know, it was a very close call, even in slow-mo. But in this very slow-mo replay, it looks like the red light on the backboard has lit up and the ball is still – it's being released, but it still looks like it's on Kendrick Davis's fingertips. Would you say that is an accurate yeah. depiction of what we saw in the arena? Because apparently on TV they didn't – It is. We, they might, I don't think people got the same view we did on TV. Right. So I, I rewatched the replay when I got home. I recorded it. So I rewatched it. And um, the clock that they were showing in the bottom corner of the screen mm-hmm. as they were you know, going through the replay or whatever on TV was not the same. It was not the shot clock. You could barely see the actual in, in arena shot clock in the top left hand corner of the screen. And there was a difference like the, the clock that TV was using. Yeah, there was a little bit of time left. He got it off in time on that clock. But as you're looking at the actual in arena shot clock, it had hit zero, as you said, with Davis's fingertips still on the ball. And how quick the review was told me like they saw a view that was pretty definitive because it was only 65 seconds. Yeah, because the, the the commentary crew, uh, one of them even said, "Oh, he got it off in plenty of time, plenty of time." But uh, again, I I think they were looking at like their own unofficial clock, maybe, and uh, uh, not the actual official clock. Well, it was obviously a, a big play in the game, and you know, it was big of for Memphis to, you know, and and for Lomax for all these guys to pull out, you know, they all. Four of their five losses this year have been by seven points or less. They had not done well in these games where it comes down to the last few minutes. And the SMU game, that's what that was this this three-game winning streak has, has gotten progressively more encouraging because, you know, 
you had first you had the kind of the breakthrough second half against Wichita State, but it was only the first time they'd done it. So you you know you were happy, but you needed to see more evidence. Then against ECU, they have the fantastic first half where they just snuff out a a, a shorthanded weaker opponent just like they're supposed to, which again was encouraging, but ultimately it was against a you know undermanned and a ECU team that you were that even at full strength you would you would hope you beat but then last night against SMU to you know to to really kind of to win a back and forth game against a good you know against according to the metrics the best team they've played this year um that was it, it's got like i said it's gotten progressively more encouraging i'm not sure it's you know i'm ready to you know declare they've 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 certainly changed their season, turned their season around, but they still got some work to do uh, to become, uh, like I said, to be back in the bubble conversation. So my last one, Jason, my last factor in why this is why they've been able to turn things around. I'm going to put Penny Hardaway on this list. Uh, I think he's, you know, as much scrutiny as he got during the first 11 games, during those rocky first 11 games, as you scrutinize these last three, you can't help but notice that the changes he put in place, the things he's doing differently are, are working. He seems to once again kind of have his have his hand on the steering wheel and really doing a nice job uh, with with different things. You've seen him, you know, whether it's with his his rotations have been more, uh, I, I guess, concise and. And uh, uh, there's more rhythm to what he's doing. You you mentioned earlier, Jason, guys are starting to figure out what their roles are. And and I think that's what I think that's 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 Penny's done a nice job of of putting these guys in more consistent positions on the court uh, and, you know, more consistent rotations on the court. and then, you know, we already mentioned some of his defensive tweaks he's made uh, with the zone defense, uh, the, the decision he made. Um, I mean, zone, going to zone in the first half of the SMU game, in addition to Lomax and Cissé, that was, a, that was a big catalyst during the first half when Memphis climbed out of that 13-point hole. Um, but uh, you got to give Penny credit here. That, that he's been yeah. able to this thing looked I mean a week ago this thing looked it was teetering you were wondering what they were I wouldn't say they were they were bottoming out or anything but they were directionless they were they seemed like they were they they were stuck in neutral as a team as a program as a coaching staff and over these last three games they've 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 righted that ship so to speak and um you know, that's a credit to coaching. I mean, you know, uh, he's Penny has held it together and these guys are coming together uh, as a unit and they're showing that progress. They're, they've, they've gotten better. And that's what you, you know, ultimately to me, when you're judging a coach, one of the key factors in addition to, you know, obviously making the NCAA tournament with a college basketball coach is, is one litmus test, but you also want, the team, you know what, you want to be able to say the team looked better at as at the end of the year than it did at the beginning, and now we're finally seeing this Memphis team looks better than it did, and and they're getting better, and they're headed in the right direction. 
speaking of direction, now Memphis turns right around uh, 48 hours after this big win. They got to play these guys again um, on their court yeah. this time. No still probably? They're probably still not going to have their head coach, right? I would bet they're not going to have um, him or the two assistants who missed last night's game because yeah. Jankovic tested positive on Monday for COVID-19 or for coronavirus, and uh, the two assistants who did not make the trip um, are did not make the trip because of close contact tracing with Jankovic. So I'd imagine um, at the very least you won't have Jankovic on Thursday and possibly not those uh, two other assistants. So um, – can they? Can Memphis pull off the sweep? Um, they can certainly. They play the way they've played the last three games. I see no reason why they can't beat SMU again. It's not like it's going to be some. You know, SMU can be a tough place to play when it's full, but it's not. You're not going to have that same raucous atmosphere. Now, at the same time, you know, I think you saw last night. SMU's a pretty good team. Yeah. You know, like that that team. They got a bunch of veterans. As 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 Alo put it afterwards, like they're going to come back with a vengeance, and we got to come back with more. And so, you know, they're probably going to have to play a little better, than, honestly, than they did on Tuesday at, at yeah. FedEx Forum. So, and then after that, they've got two home games against UCF. Uh, so we could come back here a week from now. I'm curious. It's it's amazing to me how much it's changed over seven days, and how much it could change because of how compact the schedule is right now, seven days from now, they will have played three more games. Right. Um, and will they be on a six game winning streak? Will they be five and one, four and two, three and three? You know, how's this going to go? Cause I, I pointed out my column as good as this feels the last time they went on a three game conference winning streak, Jason last year, uh, right around the same time. It was a week later, this same time, uh, you know, it was the first week in February instead of the last week in January, um, they went on and then lost their next three games. So um, if we're we're coming back here uh, next week after these three games and they're, let's say, right now they're nine and five, let's say they're 11 and six or better, 11 and six or 12 and five, we could be in business. You know what I mean? Like it could really, things could really start to heat up with this season. Uh, So we'll be very interesting uh, to see what the Tigers do. We will have tons of coverage over at commercialappeal.com uh, of all those games. The SMU game on Thursday night, uh, followed by the two games against uh, UCF at FedEx Forum. Uh, but till next time, I was Mark. I was joined by Jason. Thank you so much, and uh, enjoy the streak. Feels a lot better than it did a week ago, doesn't it? It does. The Tiger Basketball Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.